Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-the-box points of view. Today, we're thinking about Premier League players who might benefit from a shift in position. Nothing crazy like suggesting Eric Lamella should fill in at centre-back, and nothing dull like saying Sadio Mane should convert from playing left-forward to left-winger, like there's any bleeding difference in that Liverpool team. No, we're suggesting genuine positional changes that could suit the player, the club, or both. Enjoy. I'm your host, Harry Brent. So, Sir Alex Ferguson has only missed three United games ever. One was for his son's wedding, the other was for his brother's funeral, and the third was because he was scouting a player. I want to know which player Fergie was scouting. I'm going to refrain from answering this because I know the answer. <laughs> I <knew it> has. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go off the, the obvious guess and say uh, Ronaldo. No. No. <laughs> I'd say it must be, I think it's going to be like a very low player. Well, not low player, but it would be like a player that like Darren Fletcher or Michael Carrick or something. <laughs> low. <laughs> no, I mean like compared poor, to Ronaldo. A poor player. <laughs> um, maybe maybe um, try and narrow down the kind of era. Something. Okay, so this century. This century. That gives you 13 um, years to mess with. <laughs> it would have been, let's say, it would have been in what? It was in what, was 20, 2010 or 2011 or something like that? Yeah. 2010, maybe. So yeah. within the last 10 years. That's not really I don't know. Uh, Fellaini. Fellaini. That was a Moisey purchase, that were. I knew you would know this has. Yeah, yeah I've seen it recently. Um, is it De Gea? Where? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Wow. Well done, De Gea. It says quite a lot, because you know, they were going for, um, it was a toss-up between Neuer and De Gea, wasn't it? I mean, not a toss-up, Neuer chose Bayern, but um, <laughs> would have been interesting to see how fortunes would have changed if... Um, no, I don't think you can go wrong with either. Would though. Bayern have gone for De Gea if... United assigned Neuer. Who knows? Find out next week. They, no. <laughs> Find out next week when Manuel Neuer will be our guest. Um, <laughs> they would have gone for the next best keeper in the Bundesliga, wouldn't they, Bayern? That's what they do. They they just eliminate the competition by buying their rivals' best players. Aye. Uh, yeah, good, good teaser. Yeah, it was very good. That's the end of my contribution. <laughs> we'll see you next week, Dave. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we were discussing, we've been discussing this off camera previously, but we were, oh, phone down, but we were thinking of um, a number of players who would perhaps benefit by playing in slightly different positions that they've been deployed, that they're currently being deployed or have been deployed in their entire career. Now, we set, well, we set a little task seeing how many, how many players we could think of, uh, I don't know if you guys have done specifically the Premier League or just just any players worldwide, um, but um, yeah, we had a little, we had a little think, and I will be honest, I've been thinking about this for two weeks, not not solidly. <laughs> I've you know had a job and stuff, um, but I've um, I've only managed to think of one that I can comfortably say, yeah, yeah, I feel strongly about that. Um, can anyone do better than one? And can you entertain us all with the idea? I have. <laughs> Um, I okay, don't know, probably zero. Zero? No, I, I think one. 
but like I have you had I three have two. Last week. Yeah, but I've got two now, okay. and I have one that I think is spoken about changing positions, but I don't right. think should. Well, <laughs> well, go on then. Give us um, give us your. I'm interested. Let's let's go with that I'm one first. With the, with the latter yeah, one. go with the one that that pe- so people are saying this guy should move position, but you don't think he should. Yeah. Can I have a guess? It'll be quite obvious. Go on. Declan Rice. No. He's the first player I thought when they're saying he's going to change. So, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent Alexander-Arnold. What? Where are they saying he should play? Winger? Centre mid. No, they're saying he should play centre mid. Obviously, he's got... Just journalists or...? A lot of fans, uh, I, think, I think a few journalists have said it. Uh, I know a lot of podcast presenters talk about it. Um, describing, you, you keep describing me. Thing is, thing is it just, Ginger, you know, it, it's been say. spoken about a lot. And I think it's just solely based on, like, you know, his passing output and his like, ability to be able to pass the ball. Mm. And they think that could, like, you know, translate to being able to dictate play in a midfield. He originally started as a centre mid. Yeah, and then moved to right back. But the the argument I have is that there are so many top class centre mids in the world. Yeah, who are brilliant at centre mid, and I, I say there are less high quality right backs than there are centre mids. And if you've got a right back with such skill, has such an impact mm. on the game, playing right back, why would you change that? Yeah, it, it, Why would... it feels weird given that the system that Liverpool play, he's so such a, a, an important part of that with his crossing and stuff and obviously his technical ability. But his, the, I mean, his, his sort of wide play is, is the main thing that, that they benefit from it. So, yeah, I agree with you. feel weird for Liverpool personally to want to, want to do yeah, it. Yeah. Eng- England might, might be a slightly different scenario because they don't, well, don't think they play exactly the same. Same system, even if they do, they're not going to get the same out of him. Um, and we're not really looking for right backs in no. the England squad. But could you could you argue that um, Alexander Arnold's main? I mean, I agree with you. I I, don't, I, don't, I think it'd be a foolish thing to do uh, because he's got so much to offer as a right back or a right wing back. But do, do, could you make the argument that um, his um, you know abilities are his? Obviously, his crossing, his and just generally, he's very technical. Would he? Um, I'm guessing. I'm guessing when people are saying move him to centre mid, they mean in a kind of Philip Lahm, Joshua Kimmich kind of role. Like, not he's not going to be a number ten or anything. He's just going to sort of move across from his, you know, because he he's a plays on the halfway think, line, doesn't he? he? Doesn't. I think they mean it like Solis, kind of a creative midfielder, like maybe. Yeah, but he'd be, be deep, is what I'm saying. I'm I, I guess is, is that maybe like a. Yeah, but I guess because his, um, if you're going to have any criticism of Alexander Arnold, it's that he's not the strongest defense. Not in terms of when you consider all the top fullbacks in the world, he isn't the strongest defensively. So maybe in a system that doesn't have um, the, you know, the role of him sweeping forward and 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 doing what he does in Klopp's side, maybe there's a there's a sort of certain sense to it, but. I don't know. That's just me kind of playing devil's advocate there. Yeah, but then I imagine like, where would you put him in the midfield? Like, who would you replace him? For Liverpool? Replace, or, like, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I don't think, I don't really see 
why he and then you've got to take out upgrade on Vinal. You've got to take a very good option out of midfield, and then you've got no option at right back. I mean, you got mm. like Nico Williams who's coming through. I think is he right back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Nico Williams coming through, but he's nowhere near that level. So I mean, you're you're leaving you're leaving a massive gap there at right back just for the sake of being all creative and entertaining and moving him to the middle of the park because he can pass a ball well. It just, it just bothers me. Yeah, I I mean ultimately I agree. I think you're even if even if you thought Alexander Arnold was going to be a benefit to your side in centre mid, you're taking away his biggest asset, which is his ability to deliver a ball. So I don't really see why that would would be something that you'd want to do. I mean, if it, you know, again, if if the if the system changed, you could see him. You know, because he he's he is you know technically very astute. He can. You know, he can play most passes. You know, he's very confident on the ball and comfortable and stuff. Maybe not got the physical, you know, presence to be a midfielder. But then again, you would have probably said that about Philip Lahm before he moved there. So, I guess it just depends on the system, really. Is there an argument for him to be played right wing? Let's say Salah leaves. They don't necessarily want to bring in another winger. So, mm. saying that, you know, his best qualities are is his deliveries. Would you say there's an argument to play him right wing? Say say, McGard still said no. Mm. Uh, I feel I know Liverpool play with like inverted inverted wingers, don't they? Mm. So I mean, you want a left foot of their starters. Yeah, they they and, don't. They're not really w- wingers. Like Mane and Salah don't play as wingers in Liverpool's team, do they? They're they're yeah. very tucked in. I mean, I know. What I, you're don't saying. See, I don't see. I don't see being able to do that. Yeah, they they they, they positionally. The fullbacks in Liverpool's team are their wingers, but they don't do winger roles and they cross, but they don't I know they I know they do go forward and they and they do beat people, but I would say, Dave, if if you're gonna put him in another team and you you want him running at players and beating people and cutting inside and shooting, I don't know if he's got all of that in him. He's certainly got the cross again, he's he's got the crossing of a winger, he's got the he's got the delivery of a winger, he's probably got the the ability to spot a pass and you know, read the game, whatever it is, but I don't He's not, you know, he's. I don't see him as a deadly, you know, stop, stop dead, do a step over, beat a guy. Um, you know, unless there's a short corner or something, I'm not really sure. Yes, it would be more of a throwback to the old-fashioned winger. Like, I think Beckham, whenever I think Trent, obviously not to, like, yeah. go to that extent, because Beck's was obviously his crossing was next level, but I imagine that sort of winger. But I guess that, again, would probably need a formation change, tactical change, mm. so. You wouldn't necessarily change all that, especially if you're winning just for one player. Yeah, w- wingers back in you know Beckham's day, w- wingers are wide midfielders. That the role was pretty much the role Alexander Arnold's doing now, isn't it? You know, just very wide, hugging the hugging the touchline all the time, basically. Whereas you know, wingers in in you know since four three three became the formation everyone plays or whatever. You know, when you play with a front three or or even without a front three, just generally wingers will. Be, but they buzz around the box. They're almost like kind of they're wide forwards more, and I, I'm not sure. But I, you know, it'd be interesting to see where Beckham would play if he was a player now. I don't think he'd be a a fullback, but um, probably be a centre mid or sort of deep lying centre mid or something. But I don't think he'd be. He certainly wouldn't be in a front three. I don't, I don't think he could necessarily do that role. But well, he'd do it. But he's a good, he's a good player. He's got some ability. Ash, what about your the ones that you reckon should change position then? Well, there's one that we've already discussed um, in Jack Grealish, and this was before oh, yeah. the 
for the announcement or, or the alteration of the England squad to have him in it. Because mm-hmm. um, I know Gareth Southgate had said to him uh, the the year before that um, he'd choose him for the England squad, but he didn't have any Premier League experience. So he's been given a year of Premier League experience, and then he's picked Calvin, Calvin, Calvin Phillips Calvin over him. Calvin Phillips starts, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, it seems it seems a bit nonsense. Club. I mentioned Calvin Phillips that one time. Yeah, you've you've again <laughs> right listeners, guys. James Ward Prowse as well, doing well there. And James Ward Prowse, and you know Pep got Fernand Torres. So I think <laughs> very limited listeners that we've got are very good listeners. That's yeah, true. <laughs> Huh. You you sent those um, those Icelandic girls to Foden's dressing room as well, didn't you? That was you. That was you behind that. You got your contacts. You were saying it was a test to see if uh, Walker was an influence or not. <laughs> Walker sent them not me. And look, lo and behold, look what's happened. <laughs> as a That's side note, it's hard that um, Phil Foden has a two-year-old son. Didn't know that. Is he not yeah. a two-year-old son? Is he not a two-year-old son? <laughs> he's probably, yeah. Um, yeah, it feels very, he is a baby. He's got a baby face, isn't he? Oh, you can never see them as parents. Um, but yeah, you said, uh, I can't remember whether we were on or off air when you mentioned this, but, but um, you were saying that Jack, you felt Jack Grealish would operate better what, as a kind of central... Um, yeah, I think, his, I think his best position is, is uh, in the centre of midfield. And I think he thinks that as well. Mm. Um, I feel like Villa have relied on him so much as their main attacking force. I think he's got the most goals and the most assists in their uh, Premier League games last season. Mm. And they're playing more as a winger, starting off on that left wing and drifting inwards. Mm. And if you compare that to any of the England wingers, I just don't think he can compete on the level that they are. So if you play him more and give him more club experience in the centre of midfield, I feel like he would have a better chance to get into the England squad on a consistent basis, I have to say now. Yeah, which is... Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what, I mean, any player would want, isn't it? Just consistent international call-ups, mm. uh, playing a position that probably suits them better. Yeah. No, yeah, sure. but I think he'd... Yeah, I, th- I think he'd definitely challenge for a place in the midfield. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying like in, in the starting 11 every time, but I mean, he'd be more likely to get the call up and challenge for game time. Would you have Just him like in that any. sort of, you know, baseline midfield of, you know, where Winks or, or Rice or Hendo are playing, or would you, or would you just have a kind of number 10 position? Like, yeah, yeah, number 10, I, I, I have a number 10. But I'd, I'd play number 10 in any formation. But so 4-3-2-1. That's probably, I mean, given that Four, two, the, way, three, one. the way England are playing, it's probably that role is probably going to, not the role specifically, but the place in the team sheet, if you see what I mean, is probably going to be filled by one of the forwards, like, it, you know, a Sancho or a Sterling yeah. or something. Um, but I guess you give, it, you give another dynamic, because I know you're a Tottenham fan, so you're going you're gonna to like Ali, but I guess we've got, you know, he's not, he's not on... on Incredible form, obviously. Southgate doesn't seem to like Madison, so um, seems to be some somewhere where he'd have a chance of. Yeah, well, didn't he? Didn't he pretend to be ill when he tried to call him up, and then was yeah, spotted in a casino? Madison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that what is it like? What is it with some people? Like, <laughs> What's it, some what? Play for your country, 
and he's like, oh, I've got a cold. Oh, I'm just going to get some women round and potentially have my way with them, even though, you know, that's not not like it's breaking any uh, regulations or, you know, I'm lockdown just, rules or anything like that. I'm just amazed. Even without the COVID rules, I'm like, how can they be so stupid to think that that's something that they should do on your first England call-up? Are you serious, lads? Like, oh, let's celebrate it by getting some prostitutes. I've, I've, seen, I've seen people defending them, like, you know, oh, you know, obviously, obviously they are not necessarily condoning it, but saying, you know, look, they're young, and if you had all that attention and stuff, you, you'd be... That's fair enough, like, but... Yeah, damn right, I would. I, but, I, but I might do that, you know, in my, my flat in Manchester when no one's... I certainly wouldn't effing well do it when I'm on a flight in my first England call-up. Yeah, on on top... My other position change isn't actually well. It is a Premier League one now, um, kind of. It's a, it's a, it's a, a Mr. Kai Havertz. Kai uh, Havertz. Well, does he have yeah. a defined position? Is my first question. Uh, no, but I'd say he operates in the well everywhere for one, but in the kind of <laughs> those two things. Like a, I'd, I'd say like a, a number number ten. I'd say he's, he's probably most used. Is is that right? Well, he he has been played there. He's been played um, sort of wide on the right as in in a front three, and he's yeah. also been played as a he's been played as a false nine. He's been played as a centre forward. He has literally been played yeah. everywhere. I mean, I, I imagine that I his his best role is probably going to be his best role is probably going to be number ten. I think, but but I don't think he's. I mean, I, unless you play that. System, I think he'll probably play as one of the wingers and drift inside. Is, is how I think. What is he? Six six foot two. Yeah. Yeah. Six, yeah. six yeah. foot two, physical. You want to play him in centre mid? Uh, that's, yeah. Where where are you uh, moving? That's uh, that's that's not really a false nine for me. I, I'd put him a bit further up front. But obviously, you got Timo Werner there now. Yeah. So maybe I'm thinking that. If maybe he's not the best pick for Chelsea. Um, I read I read this week that he was never a target at all for us. And what happened was they realised there's this very, very talented bloke who's available and no other team can afford him. So we would be mad to miss the chance. And that kind of makes sense when you think about it because it kind of just came out of, you know, it only popped up about a month or two ago. It wasn't kind of good. Like Timo Werner, with the whole transfer saga was going on since kind of the start of the year. But Havertz only popped up now. And that kind of makes sense. As you say, you don't really see where he, where he goes. But yeah, where, where, are, you, where are you saying? I, I think he'd operate really, really well as a straight centre forward. As a centre forward? What, yeah, I'd say like, I'd a, say like a, a... partnership with, with Werner, perhaps? or Well, no, the way I was thinking it more, like you just said, like it was more of a, um, we'll buy him because we can kind of thing I, I don't think he's the right fit I could see him like maybe at a, a Real Madrid mm. somewhere like that you know where he's got the creativity around him of obviously maybe not having the best season of his life but Hazard he's got there he's got um, obviously because yeah. um, they won't let Bale his, Bale's there what's his face just uh, isn't really performing that well what's it Eintracht Frankfurt lad Jovic yeah Jovic Luka Jovic he's not oh, really performing that well no, you got you got some real creative players there that could really assist him. He's really good himself, mm. you know, a bit creating. He's good at everything. He, he's oh, he's just so good. <laughs> FM twenty, talking <laughs> back to my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I was going to send you something, um, you guys, to the group. There was a thing on, uh, I can't remember who the player was, but it was on Sky Sports News and they were discussing, I think it was the bloke, Wolves have just signed the eight, the ninth. Yeah, and they yeah, were like, the FM Wonder Kid guy. And they started going, they started with, they were like, oh, if anyone plays FM, they know he's class. <laughs> and then the others are like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, did you see the, uh, didn't, he, he got told about it. And he, he wasn't aware. Of his um, status on FM, and then he was told about it <laughs> in an interview. Yeah, he's in yeah, he's like, You take that yeah. seriously because that's the that's the same scouts that are like t- you know taking you to different clubs and stuff. So they've, they've got the such a good yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I, I I'm less confident about that. I mean, I, I he's been he's played there for for Leverkusen. I can't I can't say that yeah. I've I've watched him comprehensively um, in that position, but. Physically, I'm not. Well, I say physically, I'm not sure he's 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 got the attributes for that role. But big lad, he is he is tall, and you know it's not like you know small strikers don't have success. Um, he's certainly you know he's really he's 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 very intelligent sort of player. He reads the game really well. So you know, possibly possibly so. Um, I don't know whether moving him would make him a better player, but I certainly think there's evidence to say that he could do it. Um, I think it'd be an improvement over what they've got now, especially at that club. I mean, it could be at any club, but I just mean, don't think. You mean Chelsea? Uh, Real, Real Madrid. Oh, Real Madrid. Madrid. This is from, for uh, me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Benzema's, I'd, Benzema's I'd hanging like... in there, isn't he? But I tell you, point. Yeah, you know, they they they're in they're in need of a the next couple of years, somebody to fill yeah. that role. Um, but I mean, it could also, you, again, you can u- utilize him anywhere there. But in two years, why why would he want to leave? European champions. <laughs> I said, utilize him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like the money you've spent could have been spent better um, defensively. Maybe obviously getting Havertz for the money you did. Yeah. I think I think that's definitely definitely true. But I, I I'm just not. I'm just all of these things. You know timing and stuff whether players have the availability at the time you want it that seemed I don't think Thiago Silva would have been signed if uh, you know if if there was a defender out there that they were happy with a centre-back I think they would have spent a load of money on him but they obviously figured whoever they want isn't available right now so they need to wait um it's all right if you concede five if you score six exactly that's what we that's what we're saying I'll uh, I'll say mine um the, the only one I managed to dig up in uh, two weeks of thinking about this. Um, and that is Juan Mata. I would move him to a, a deeper midfield role, like a kind of, um, you know, maybe not, not quite as limited as Jorginho, but a kind of, he would sit in the same position, just kind of maybe like a sort of like a, a less good Busquets, you know, not uh, Busquets is more physical. Maybe Jorginho is the right the right way to put it because he's not he's not going to win any tackles, but and he's not particularly fast. But he's just he's very intelligent. He's got you know good passing ability, good passing range. He's not yeah. got the the well, he didn't have much pace to begin with, but he certainly ain't got the pace no more. He's not breaking into that you know Man United's front system. They've just signed all of these flipping attacking midfielders in the last few years, and they need some some ones that can operate a bit more defensively. Why not have Mata do it? Um, I think he's defensively astute for that, and I think yeah, I think he's a bit too short as well. 
but like in the role i would have for him is a kind you know again it's there's you'd have to partner him with a you know matic or a or a you know somebody physical somebody with a lot you know fred or someone but um, or have him you know even like in a sort of sort of three i wouldn't necessarily start him for man united but um, you know, as we've seen, there's lots of midfielders who have that sort of role who aren't necessarily physical. Um, only Chelsea one spring to mind at the moment: Kovacic and, and Jorginho, uh, Billy Gilmore. You know, these sorts of players who can who have you know are just technical players. They're not. They have pace. Matter doesn't have pace. Ah, oh, don't know. Jorginho and Gilmore are not fast. Kovacic is Kovacic is is not slow, but Jorginho is not outpacing anybody. Tell you that. I'm not saying like blistering speed, but I think they've just got a bit more than matter. Matter just seems like not that you can only pass. I don't know. I just I don't see him in that role. I know what Matt, you mean. Matter's got you... pace up here. <laughs> I'm pointing to my head. <laughs> I mean, you want to obviously utilize his technical abilities. I can see why you're pointing in that role, and I think you probably would need even someone like a Bakayoko who's got pace, physicality, athleticism, mm. he's obviously not made it in the Premier League, but I don't know. I feel like he could potentially be an easier target, especially if teams press high. I think it might well, struggle just because he doesn't have that maybe sharpness and quickness when he's in turning and his mobility. Maybe. What about like so- someone like Xavi? I mean, Xavi's in terms of physical attributes, nothing really. I know that, I know a, he's a, you know, a lot more of a kind of, world-class passer and reader of the game than, than Mata is or was and the system at Barcelona and Spain was set up for him and his abilities to, 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 to flourish but does that you know there are, there are systems and ways that players who are basically just technical players can be successes in centre mids yeah, I think it's definitely true I think like you said I think a lot of teams against Barca like part of the bus and they just stood off them so you wouldn't, and there wasn't that um, that press. But I think in, I don't think the way United play would suit Matter, and especially in that role that you're talking about. Well, two weeks I spent on that, and it's just been <laughs> shut down violently. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, was... I get what you're saying, like with the the passing range and yeah, you know that that, that ability to read it. But I just feel like he'd be targeted far. Far too easy. How that would work with City? If he was at City, maybe sort of like a silver. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't. It was. It was more of a fact that I, I don't. I no longer see him as a kind of unless he drops down a level in terms of clubs. Mm-hmm. I no longer see him as effective in. Yeah, in, I feel. I, I, I feel like that would be the the best step for him. Probably. Yeah. I do think his best stairs are past him. Mm. Yeah, I don't really. I'm not. This isn't something I would present to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but I would. I would certainly present it to Matt. I mean, he probably presented to you with his ability. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Dave, you were saying that you had a few suggestions that you were going to put to us about yeah, players who change positions. I've got more than a few. So the first one is Lacazette as an attacking midfielder, or as a false nine. So. Lacazette, maybe because we've not got a creative player, Lacazette always seems to drop deep in the hole to collect the ball, shield mm. pitch, lay it off to one of our midfielders or wingers, etc. So I was thinking that because of that, would it not make sense for him to sort of be that false number nine, similar to sort of Firmino in the sense of 
he can play maybe um, Aubameyang in front of him or another striker ahead of him and mm. then have him fill in that creative sort of gap that we have. So he wouldn't be the conventional sort of mezzers or more like slender technical player, but it would be someone that can sort of, we can build around in the centre, can hold off maybe their um, deep line midfield playmaker, maybe draw a centre-back out to, for our strikers and exploit it. Does he... Um... Is that the is that the position he fills naturally? Even though I know he's a he's a he's a number not a false nine. He plays as a number nine, doesn't he? That's the, yeah. that's where he's certainly deployed. But are you saying that that coming? I mean, you know, without studying Arsenal, is he he drops off, does he, and, and fills yeah. that space anyway? Naturally, yeah. I think like I said, because we don't have a holding midfielder, I think we use him as a focal point to mm. get the ball into feet and then to pop it off to a centre midfielder, or who then gives it to the winger who makes a run in behind. He doesn't strike me as someone who has the the technical ability for that. But then again, if if like if it was a sort of maybe not quite a Firmino role, but may, but more of a kind of um, you know the you know the role that second strikers play. Like mm. this is going to be ro- slightly rogue, but like Okazaki for for Vardy, his, his, yeah, his yeah, it was yeah. a very simple role, but his role was basically <laughs> you are there for like the one or two touch to get to, to if if the midfielders can't yeah. find Vardy, you're there to kind of you know flick yeah. or control and play and then. I could see that potentially working, but would that get the best? You'd lose a lot of goals with that, with from him, or you know. Yeah, I, I, I think it'd just make, wouldn't it, just make a bit more sense to get a creative number ten. Yeah, obviously we could, but obviously it depends how, who, and how much. Yeah, yeah. So price and everything. But I think it just adds another dimension. I think against the big teams, like as that does turn does sort of turn up for those big games. I think his physicality mm. brings a lot to those games. So yeah, yeah. would you then want to drop it for another for a more technical player? And I think mm. also Lacazette contributes a lot defensively. And I think away from home at Anfield, at Tottenham's ground, at Chelsea, etc., you you need someone to almost be like another sort of midfielder to help ease the pressure mm. and to to point yeah. a tackle. So I definitely think we do need a creative player. I think in the next, either with Awar or someone going forward, we need to fill that. But I think for now, utilise his defensive contribution, his physicality and his hold-up play. Or tell Ozil he's on £350,000 a week and... He seems like he's coming back. something. (laughs) It seems like he's being phased back into the squad. I mean, uh, there was a training video and he was in it. He obviously brings another dimension and, you know... I think he would be good for home games against teams that are going to sit back yeah. and have a lot of the ball. I would never want to play Ozil in, a, in an away game against one of the top six. So he definitely yeah. has his purpose. And I think if he's staying, he needs to be utilised. You watch. He'll, he'll, he'll come good this season. He'll, he'll play quite well. And he'll get a, a three or four year contract extension and a pair rise. <laughs> and then he'll drop straight back down. That's that's the only time he needs that's to run. It's when, it's when the con- it's when the contract's running out. That's when he that's when he gets as good as the contract's got legs on it. He he can he can go back into his shell. No, I, I'm I'm I would I would potentially be um be up for that. My personal feelings feel, feel like I should shout this down because you shouted my down my <laughs> so no, I know I I think I think um, Arteta seems to want to have Aubameyang as a kind of more central, like, for, like forward player, doesn't he? Or at least that seems seems to me anyway. He, he's less keen in, on him as a kind of wide option, and he wants to get him a bit more advanced. Feel free to tell me I, I'm full of 
think he likes him as a, but, I think as an inside forward. Like yeah, inside and forward. and I, I think if you you know if you if you're make if you're therefore paving um you know making Lacazette give way slightly that could be a nice a nice role for him and as you say his in his industry could be quite quite a good asset especially if Aubameyang's no longer in a deep position I mean he doesn't he's not the biggest tracker tracker of runs anyway so I've got another one who should change position oh go on Ash Gwen Doozy, I think he should change to something other than football. Other than football, <laughs> not another career. <laughs> I, f- I think he should become a bricklayer or something. <laughs> yeah, deny him, so strip him of his, strip him of his wealth. Yeah, he likes it. Do you guys he- actually rate him, or did you rate him? I did. I, I, th- I think bragging about the amount of money you make to someone who makes more money than you is um quite quite a stupid thing to do aside from the obvious attitude problems that he has solely just on the pitch i th- I, th- I think he's might might be mildly overrated um mm. oh like you know solid but nothing to like like you know praise like heavily mm. and like you know but obviously the attitude problems as well it's just it's mm. not really worth it is it I mean, you know, if you're looking at there and he's like a, he's like a Camavinga or a, um, you know, you know, a Kai Havertz a few years mm. ago or something, you're looking at him and you're like, yeah, maybe it's worth a bit of attitude, but not for, not for like a solid, like six out of 10, seven out of 10 performance a game, you know? He, he, he was, for me, he was really well, looked a really, looks a really well-rounded player, but yeah, yeah I would, I would struggle to properly define what sort of midfielder he is and maybe that's the role of mid centre midfielders now but obviously the attitude problem was there but but is there now but before I was aware of that the only thing that I you know I felt this guy looks you know he's got kind of a bit of everything but maybe that maybe it was a bit of a kind of jack of all trades sort of deal but then again you know sometimes those players are useful in in squads but not when they've got you know obviously it seems like Arteta's well and truly decided he wants him gone so don't expect him to stay. I think the fact that he was plucked from obscurity from the second division of the French league and mm. for, for what, like eight mil or whatever, I think. I, I, all, a lot, a lot of players have come from that um, French second division, haven't they? Whereas it, it, it seems to be full of just talent. <laughs> it does, but that's only now because of not not because of Guendouzi, obviously. But I think he literally was. It's quite similar to Martinelli. He was like a nobody sort of thing. No one knew about him. And then he came into Arsenal. And he did relatively well. But I, I don't know. I think, like you said, maybe because it's hard to pin down what sort of centre midfielder is. Is he a deep line midfield playmaker? Is he a box to box? Is he advanced? I, I could never quite make up my mind. He was a jack of all trades, but so like classically master of none. He was, what was he really, really good at? He's quite industrious, could tackle, could do everything. But I don't know. Is is that almost a burden now in in football, being a jack of all trades and being a master of none? It's tough. It depends what the system is, really. Like in, let's say, in a Liverpool team, I think. Well, in Liverpool midfield, I think I think he he could again stripping him of his of his of the sort of maverickness about him. I think you know if you're if you're a good tackler, you know, um, high energy and reasonably technical. Which he is, all of those things. He could, you could fit well, but you know, put him in a Man City centre mid, and it suddenly looks a bit, you know, not right. Or, or you know, 
even let's say like a like a Tottenham midfield where it's probably a bit more disciplined, like it might not be so good. So I think you you can you know there is a there is that kind of weird halfway house between creative number tens and you know your your classic defensive midfielder blokes who never go over the halfway line. Um, and there is space for them, I think. But yeah, you it'd have to be the right system. Um, I'm not certain Arsenal have 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 that for him. Eric Dyer, centre back or centre mid? But I think I think that's a bit like he is a centre. Do you know what I mean? Like I think. Well, I mean, well, I mean, we can uh, do it. Well, we I, do it, I, I, I he's think going. he's, he's been playing there. He's been playing there for like quite a few games now, and I feel like he's now better at centre back than he was this, in this the midfield. I've, if anyone cares to remember, this is something I, I've been saying for years. He he's always for me been a centre back. Playing, he's he was when he came to Spurs. That's what he was, and then he he sort of filled in in midfield and stayed there, and then played there for England. So everyone kind of thought he's a centre mid, but he's always been a centre back. He prefers uh, centre back. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Dyer, um, as you say, Mourinho Mourinho has said he that's where he that's where he sees him playing. He's he's been playing in there. He's played well, and he played there for England, didn't he? So, um, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a good move. I think it's a, I think it's the move he's. He should have made a few years ago, really. Um, he, I don't think he's quite technical enough to be the centre mid that, that that is required at the top level of the Prem in 2020. Certainly, so you know, like back in the, when there was that when you four two three one in a double in a that double pivot. I think he could have he was perfectly fine there, and I think that's why he he was there because that system was so prevalent. But I, yeah, I think the set move to centre back is smart and something that should have happened a while ago. Yeah, I agree. I also feel like he plays so much better there, and he's quite he's he's quite a commanding presence as well, which I feel like is something that Spurs have been lacking somewhat. Like watching yeah. the All or Nothing documentary really highlights it that they are all too far too nice. Uh, and Jose Marie, he brings it up so often. He's like, he you, you guys are too nice. Yeah, what well, he said. Um, yeah, you can beep it, right? The only thing that I say, Amazon have portrayed that because if you watch the All or Nothing City and All or Nothing Tottenham, the actual tactics between them is very, very different. You, you get a lot more tactics regarding Pep than you do with Mourinho. And I think because of the one with Pep, they've actually gone back and gone, actually, we should have done that. Or City have told us that we shouldn't be doing this, we shouldn't be doing that. Not saying that people have found out how City can play because of a documentary, because then anybody would. But just saying, the way that this season of it is constructed is very more based on the players and the characteristics. Yeah, I I've not seen either yet. I've got. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, Josh. I've I've not I've not seen either either yet. I've um I've just got an Amazon Prime account, so I'm going to start watching both. But um, I reckon that's it. I reckon that was an editorial decision. Just looking at the bare bones because like what are people what are people football fans what are football fans kind of um think of when they think of Guardiola they think of like genius tactics, yeah, genius in, tactics. Intric- intricacy all that stuff what do people think of when they think of Mourinho they want character they want a, they want you know um a bit of humor bravado all that sort of stuff so I think I think if Amazon had any sense they go this is what we need to make the that if it's Mourinho as the boss of this club, we need to make this about that. We need to about the relationship with his players, all that sort of stuff. With Guardiola, it needs to be about you know 
it just his footballing brain and stuff. Uh, and 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 probably Guardiola's got more to show in terms of tactics than than Mourinho does. Mourinho is more of a kind of Mourinho's not untactical necessarily, but he's he's much more of a kind of he'll rally you kind of kind of guy. Yeah, he's very good at that. Well, you say he's very good. I, fa- I, found, my, I found myself getting very, very like, encouraged watching him. I was like, yeah, I can do this. I could, I could jump on this pitch right now and play football. <laughs> after the first one, yeah, but then after like the third one, it's just the same old tribe. He always mentions you've got to have confidence and belief in yourself. And because they don't. Balls, big balls, be <laughs> aggressive and come on. Cajones. Yeah, but you've got to you've got to think he's 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 coming into a team that's riding off the back of a Champions League final that's absolutely crippled their confidence. So him repeating that, saying confidence, we need you to be confident because they're not being confident on the pitch, and he's seeing that. But so he's saying confidence, they're playing confidently, <laughs> and they're and they're just regressing like ever so slightly back into themselves again and again and again and he's trying to hammer on I need you to be confident play football do it please have the balls and it goes into that we need to be aggressive we need to be aggressive you're all too nice you're all too nice Mm. do you think that's Pochettino's fault do you think Mourinho's having a sort of dig at Pochettino I'm not I'm not too sure but but I, I I I do agree that they're all too nice and too Softer on each other. Like, I, I remember when Maurice had that Barney with Son, didn't he? And um, yeah, and I, I was so happy with it. I was like, it's nice to see some actual passion <laughs> from them. <laughs> that's such an that's such an English thing. But it's yeah. nice. It's nice. It's nice to see a bit of passion. It's nice you know to see why? they actually care about it. You know why? Because they dem- what did they demonstrate? They demonstrate that they get it. They get, get it. They get it. They get it. They get it. Well, um, Maurice gets it. Maurice gets it. I, this is something that's just occurred to me now, actually. Um, Mourinho's big thing with, uh, I, probably with Porto Inter, but, but, but specifically with his first time at Chelsea, was he came in and basically took a load of players who had never really had any success other than, you know, being good players. But, he, you know, all, that entire Chelsea team had not won a thing. All their kind of, you know, um, Desai and Leboeuf had left by then. And he, his whole thing was coming in and basically saying, "Look, you're not going to be, you're not going to be second, third best anymore. You're going to be champions, and you've got to. This is the mentality you've got to change." And I think, obviously, he didn't have, he wouldn't have had that at Real Madrid. He wouldn't necessarily have had it into, but into the certainly European Inter team were were somewhat underdogs. But it's not necessarily just about underdogs. But I think at Tottenham, he's kind of got that again. He's got this group of players who are obviously really, really talented, but none of them have ever with the exception of Lucas Moura, to my knowledge, have ever really won anything. Bergwijn. And, and Bergwijn. Um, but again, you know, as Josh will tell you, Greece Farmers, Farmers League. Um, yes, but you, you take my point. Like, there's no... There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Tottenham, certainly as a club, need that sort of... Mentality shift. Mentality shift, yeah. And um, I don't know whether it's going to work, but I, I, I'm not surprised to hear him say these things that might sound like tried and tested um, rhetoric, but I think it's the sort of thing that, that he will think, look, this, is, this has worked for me before. Humans are still humans. It might be 20 years later, but humans, well, 15 years later, but humans are still humans. Next up, Adama Traore converted to a fullback. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a this is a weird one actually thinking about it. But I was thinking that fullback seems to have, or depend obviously depend on the system. They they get so much of the ball, and especially now, like we were talking about Trent, who has such an impact, sort of in the attacking sense. You know, he's crossing, he's dribbling, he's doing he's doing a lot. I think that would it be beneficial to Traore to potentially drop him back either as a right back or a right wing back so he can start with the ball early and then drive forward. Obviously, if he loses it near closer to his goal, then obviously it's a lot more dangerous. But I feel that sometimes a lot of teams know that Wolves are going to give him the ball because he is so dangerous. So that almost stifles his influence in the game. They sort of have plans, especially when he's closer to their to the opposition goal. So I was thinking, would it be potentially beneficial to maybe have him drop back slightly and then be able to sort of work his magic from deep and then move forward and almost like instigate attacks from deep? I think the best thing about him is, yeah, obviously he's got great acceleration, but I don't think over a long period of distance he can maintain it because he's literally so explosive. So much wind resistance on those muscles. (laughs) I just think putting him further back could be a blessing for all the other teams because you'd rather have him further up the field and having that explosive drive as like potentially a last man and the ball's coming over because you know, apart from like a very selected few players in the league, that you know he'll beat them. He'll hand, you know, he'll beat them either in the air or uh, you know strength-wise or in a foot race. And I think if you just putting him further back, although he'd be able to, like you say, progress through uh, the pitch better, uh, maybe improve, you know, certain aspects of his games, like, link, you know, quick one-two link-up plays, which, you know, on a wing, sometimes you could be quite isolated and you don't see that as often. I think you'd just be limiting yourself attacking-wise. Yeah. I, I was thinking that. Go on. You could. I was just thinking, like, um, obviously, when we were talking about the most overrated players or something, I've mentioned mentioned Traore. I mean, obviously, it's not that I don't rate him, but I've always felt that his reputation slightly is above what what, what it should be. But uh, with that in mind, um, I I don't know whether whether he could transition that well to a fullback. I mean, I, I who knows until you until you train them there and put them there, but. In a kind of Victor Moses esque wingback role, I could sort of see it because, um, as I say, I don't think his ability going forward is as as amazing as um, as you know other wingers are. Despite the uh, Formula One car commentary that that bloke did the other day, that was brilliant. Um, <laughs> have a look. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I could, I could see, I could see him doing like a wing. I could see him becoming like a wing back in that in that sense. He'd need protection because I've, I've never, I certainly never seen him look defensively astute. So <laughs> you put a few defenders behind him and it could work. Uh, you'd still allow him to go forward if the system allow, allowed for it. And that way, um, as as you meant, uh, Roe mentioned there, you, you know, you, you do take players off him because there'll already be a, the fullback will be marking the winger. He'll have space to push up. Hopefully, you know without being marked too tightly. Yeah, because I was thinking potentially, because they play five at the back, don't they, or three at the back with wing-backs, I think you can mm. do that. Because the mould and the high hat, um, or the, 
the sort of role model that I have is sort of Antonio Valencia. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and again, it works with these wingers that aren't you know necessary. They've got all that ability going forward, and and obviously he's a big, strong guy. If you if you got him to you know work on his work on his defending, work on his positioning, all that sort of thing, he'd be a hell of a tough defender to get past. In terms of I just think, yeah, I just think he's he's best when he builds up momentum. He's like sort of like the juggernaut, and I think that. Next season, I feel that a lot of teams will have a lot of plans and tactics to stop him from getting the ball and building that momentum. So if mm. you can sort of negate that and have him sort of drop deep and then build from there, I think could really work potentially in Wolves' favour. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like, obviously, I don't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- Wolves, Wolves play with three back, uh, three centre-backs. Yeah. Uh, no, with a right wing back. Anyway, obviously there's a space there at right wing back for him to potentially move into now. Mm. But if you're comparing him to like a, a, a Trent Arnold or whatever, I don't, I don't think he has that that passing range in him. He cannot. I don't think he'd be able to cross that accurately from deep. I feel like he's he's playing in his best position. Further the, the, Ale- the Alexander Arnold role is a very unique. Fullback role, I feel like most yeah, yeah, most yeah. fullbacks in those positions aren't making those kind of. I, I can only call it a Kevin De Bruyne pinging cross, it. where it's literally or just pinging it like very, diagonal very ball straight like, across the. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's part of it, but but you you you're getting to the byline as much as as much as um it, it, you know because Wolves are, Wolves are going to be are going to be a strong team again next year, as long as you've got a lot of possession, he'll be getting he'll be able to get to the byline. And that's the kind of player he is. I imagine that's the kind of fullback. He, uh, yeah, wing back he'd be. Yeah, I think I think while he's very fit and everything, I think limiting the amount of distance he does have to cover will allow him to <clears throat> run faster when he has to. So if he's if he's having to run for longer periods of time, obviously to get up and down the pitch, mm. to track back to defend, yeah, that, uh, right, he's, actually, he's going to leave himself a bit short of energy. A bit of an issue going his, forward. His energy, especially level. with as well, fast as he goes. The one that I'm interested in is um, Andreas Christensen as a holding mid. So I was thinking that he's he's not been great for Chelsea at centre-back, I'm sure you can attest to that as. Um, and I was thinking that since we always talk about sort of Kante doing so well alongside a holding midfielder, and mm. I don't think Chelsea have a natural holding mid or mm-hmm. more like an anchor, I feel yeah. that Andreas Christensen's defensive astuteness and ability, his ball-playing ability, his sort of positional awareness... I think we'll sort of do him in great stead in that sort of Busquets type role. Mm. He receives the ball and he gives it simply to either Kante or one of your advanced players. But then when you lose possession, he could be that sort of anchor in the middle or he can even drop back and be like a half-back or like a sort of a full centre-back. Yeah, it's an intriguing one because he would definitely give us more bite than Jorginho does. I mean, that that's always been my criticism there of Jorginho because obviously he's... You know his whole be his whole the nature of him being there is basically only beneficial if we have the ball. If we, when we lose the ball, his positional sense isn't great. Um, he can't really yeah, tackle, and he's not you, fast. You, you, you'd gain some something a little bit defensively, but you lose everything yeah, that George. True. Gives you. there, he'd offer 
you know, a bit more presence in the midfield in which, you know, being able to not necessarily intercept because obviously that's primarily what Kante is excellent at. Mm. But, I mean, he'd be able to be that, like, first line in defence per se. And then, obviously, the main line in defence will pick up all the scraps. Yeah. Aerial dominance as well. In yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was trying to... Yeah, trying I, feel, to I feel like that's... It kept slipping my mind. He's, he does that's get... the position that you're fighting for the... Like the aerial dominance from like goal kicks and stuff like that. You, know, you, you gain that massively. He would be he would be good. I th- the reason why I'd be quite open to it is because I think he's he's someone that really looks like he needs a big confidence boost. I mean, he's he had he had a couple of really good seasons at a Sagan. Send him to Mourinho on the Spurs documentary. Send him to Mourinho. Yeah, well, there you go. More balls. That's what he needs. Um, he had a couple of really good years at Gladbach, and then he came he came back and. Um, you know, played a bit under under Conte. You could say um, he's not he's not glad to be back. Not glad to be back. Oh, get out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the one thing that struck me that um, certainly this year and to an extent the previous year as well, he's he's been a he's a lot less physical than I than I thought he was mm. was going to be. Loses out a lot of air, like aerial duels and stuff and tackles. He's quite. You know, he, he's not a pushover, but he but he's he's not a strong one. Maybe if you moved him into that position, he could, as you say, you know, he wouldn't necessarily be competing with a centre forward. He'd be competing with the kind of you know number tens or whatever, and could, yeah. and, could and could do a better job there. Um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. As you said, Ash, you would probably lose a bit of a bit of passing I mean he's a good passer he's not he's, I wouldn't necessarily not, not trust him there but you'd have to imagine that that role would be less important given that Chelsea have now hopefully bought the likes of Havertz and Ziyech and, and who, you know, whoever else who I know they're, they're not deep players but so long as that transition isn't slow which it wouldn't be with Christensen you won't necessarily have to rely on that always being really really efficient because it's your attacking players who are kind of who are kind of making things happen now. I mean, but that's been our problem, you know, when ever since Hazard left and also when Hazard was there and wasn't on the ball, we had nobody who could make a difference. Now you hope there's two or three that can do it. And um yeah, I I would not be opposed to trying that. I will message Frank now. See <laughs> what he says. No, we don't need to message him because we are in Yes, sorry, we just need to publish this. We just need to publish it and wait. That's all we need to do. I mean, he's not, he's got like, so I see Tomori might be going to Everton on loan and stuff. And, um, you know, so it seems to want to keep him in the squad. Um, I know, see, he's doesn't, probably not going to start him with Thiago Silva there, but um, there's no sense that he he's unhappy with him. So... Could be a thing. I think Thiago Silva. If so, I, I doubt Frank would do this, but I think if he does stay at centre back, maybe a Thiago Silva is sort of what he needs, sort of a more sort of older player alongside him to help guide him. Yeah. Uh, Wise, old fossil. Old fossil. I mean, I think they all do, really. Even, even Rudiger, who's not. Back in the day, I would have been there. Back in, you should have been there. And you, and you should be there now. Go, go. Yeah, okay, he's going to score. <laughs> Next up, Tottenham's Tangi Endombele. And then Endombele. Ash. Endombele. Endombele, Endombele. Where? 
I was thinking box to box. So I was thinking like a Yaya Tori type role. So I think he's got the physicality, the athleticism. He's great with the ball at his feet. And I just, I don't know. He's I think fantastic with the ball at his feet. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that was the role he played for, um, for Leon, no? Leon, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I've obviously not seen a lot of him at Tottenham, but what sort of role is he? I don't think playing? anyone has. <laughs> <laughs> the um, look that you've seen, Ash, what sort of role has he been playing and what do you think role he should be I, Well, I, th- I, th- I think he's trying to play. Well, I, I think people try to get him to play box to box and the same type of role he did at Leon. But I, I feel what he's lacking is maybe fitness, my sharpness and maybe mentality because there's there's times where you I'm, I'm watching him play and he's just he's lazy mm. like he'll be he'll be jogging back he, he'll he'll have lost the ball just past the halfway line in our half and he'll be jogging back to help defend and, and you're mate you've just lost the ball you've created exactly you've yeah, created yeah. this yeah, yeah so you sprint back like, he played, so I, I feel he like played on the Poch before Poch left, right? He, he was getting... Yeah, yeah. Like, or, did he get times. injured or something? Yeah, he, but so, he's, he's been injured a few times. I know, obviously, Marie, something happened with Mourinho and he didn't. He fell out with him or something. But um, well, That's what's reported, but apparently it didn't. And yeah. this, the Spurs documentary, oddly enough and strangely enough, has literally zero mention of Ndombele at all. It's almost as though they've asked to leave it all out because of all the speculation well, around Ndombele. Mm. And yes, with with Ndombele, I think I, I would. I, I mean, I, I he's the. I I don't see a positional change there. I see you're just asking him to be played, Dave. I think is what, is what you said there. <laughs> play him so I can play him, him in his position. <laughs> so yeah, I I think they should stick it out with him in that position if he gets his attitude right and he gets his fitness back. Yeah, he's obviously he needs box to box. Would you shift him to sort of like a Jorginho role? Just yeah, but I, I don't. I, I think you'd miss a lot of his um his dribbling there. Yeah, he's a powerful uh, runner guy. He is like as you say, a kind he's of so good with type. the ball. His feet, it sticks to his foot, and it, you can't seem to get it off him. He, he's so good. I feel like you'd miss that if you had him in the junior role. You want him driving through, but but you also want him to track back and feel like he has to track back and he is part of the team. Mm. So oh, he's he's really good, but. You know, time, will, time will tell how it goes on the Spurs. I hope it's very positive because I do like him. Would you build your midfield around him? So let's say, I mean, you're probably going to have to sacrifice a few attacking midfielders, but if you had, let's say, playing 4-3-3, you had a holding mid, Eric Dyer. So Heuberg, oh, yeah, Winks, right. and then Dumbele, would you work your midfield around him? Because he's not, like you said, he's not got the fitness to track back, but he's got that explosive yeah. burst to to go forward, even though it means sacrificing like a Deli Ali or a, or a Celso, though. A Celso as well. The thing is, that, like, obviously, the depth is there. Maybe you could mm. jig it around for every opponent uh, through the match, change tactics and stuff. But I'd like, I'd like to think of different ways to fit them all in. Because obviously, I know Mourinho really likes Deli Ali, and I do as well. I think he's a really good player. Lacelso has mm. been brilliant for us. Mm. Uh, obviously, and Dombo's potential. And you need Heiberg in there as a new signing to cover the defence. Mm. Uh, obviously, Winks, he's Winks, he's Winks, he's, he's fantastic. 
Yeah, true. So it's, it's, it's maybe, just maybe the Hoiberg signing on. opens him up a little bit because Hoiberg's not going to venture too far forward if if yeah exactly yeah, I think that's, that's some way is. of giving yeah. license to Undomilate to charge then maybe it'll help him. Yeah, release the Kraken. <laughs> well, we can only hope. Um, yeah, so similar to um, to Christensen, actually, I was thinking of Nathan Ake as another holding midfielder. So I think he's he's actually yeah. not the tallest for a centre back, which I didn't realise. No, he's like five. Five. Ten, five is, he, is he really? Uh, yeah. yeah, I was shocked. I thought he what was. What passing today, actually? What passed him? Yeah, that is hold up. Obviously, he's got his <laughs> reds and that lot. But yeah, what passing was like? Sure, I'll stay for that. Yeah. yeah, again, similar to Christensen, I think he's defensively true, great positioning, good ball playing. Defender, mm. which I think could transition well into to holding mid. Obviously, City have got Rodrigo, but maybe is maybe is a double pivot, or just because they're going to be playing so many games to change it up, and um, potentially play Nathan Ake as a holding mm. mid. My no. instinct, my, my my first instinct is is you have to be super technical in that, especially in that City team. Has Ake got got that? In him, I mean, I know, he, I know. When it comes to centre backs, he is a ball playing centre back, but but he's a different. I mean, in, in the position and the role, I think he's someone that collects the ball from centre back and gives it to one of their more creative players. So I don't want him to be a Jorginho, this expansive deep right. playmaker. I just want him to break up attacks and win the ball back and give it almost like, like Fernandinho. Or like a stepping stone, basically. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, so sort of break up the attack and then play an easy ball. Yeah, I can see why, because I know that even though Rodri's coming in, he's kind of slowly taking over that position for Fernandinho. I feel like he's not got much of a, a presence at the time. Like this, sometimes where he has, and then there's quite a lot of times you'll see him getting beaten off the ball by less either physical or, you know, one-on-ones, you think, surely he should be beating him. So, I think he's but, got the athleticism to really potentially do a job. Yeah, I, I just think, I think you've all hit the nail, basically, saying, you know, he's oh, one of them players that he's more or less pick up the ball and passing it on. Yeah. And I think what Guardiola wants is, obviously, Fernandinho, he is older, but he has also dropped further back. Maybe another reason... Not because he's old or getting old. Mm. Um, maybe the reason is he's not that as technical as he'd, you know, ideally like. And I think that Nathan Ake would, unfortunately, not be in that same category again. Unless you never know, he might, he might get a few tips from Van Dijk and start spreading the balls about like Sam Allardyce football. He's not capable of spreading the ball about. But I think. I think City will probably buy another centre-back. Koulibaly, I think, will probably come in or another quality centre-back. You could maybe have a stint at left-back, but... How inspired would it be if, 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 you know, two months, three months down the line, that, that is what he's been bought for, that's his role? You were, <laughs> you were like a genius. You were like even more of a genius. That, that, that'd be weird. We would have just predicted Ferran Torres, <laughs> James Ward-Prowse... Um, Calvin, uh, Calvin Phillips, <laughs> James Aubrey, yeah. and, and Nathan, Nathan Ake. Ake in a, in I think a you know, you never, you never know, because obviously he's never really been in that position before ever. 
you know, maybe... He did. He played it for Chelsea, actually. He played it um, under Benitez a couple of times. Um, <laughs> How well did he do, Ralph? Yeah, he did, he did all right. I've just hit my mind now. Um, he, it was like but that sort of time when we were playing David Luiz in that, in that role as well. I mean, this is when he was sort of 18, 19. So, you know, the expectation levels went high. But he was fine. And, and I guess it goes to show, if, you know, the fact that he was played there so young, bearing in mind that he already was a centre-back, makes you think that there's at least kind of... Some capability. Capability. And, and, and it's known that this is a role he can do. So... Um, you made it less impressive, as thanks. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I literally, I literally just... That hit I mean, me. Just, I literally, just as I said it. But um, it was only, literally only about th- three or four games, if my memory serves me well, um, in the like Europa League run or something. Um, yeah, like it wasn't. He never got in the first team for it, but if he if he adapts to the style that obviously Pep plays and maybe what he wants, you never know. It could be quite you know prolific in that role, and that might be what Pep might actually want. One a bit more defensive Then Rodri could have that had more time and space on the ball to actually spread the ball further up to De Bruyne, and De Bruyne can distribute to who else or whoever. Mm. So, no, mm. it's interesting. I, I, you know, it's not, you know, stranger things have happened, like Kyle Walker winning net. <laughs> Kyle and, Walker still being at Man City. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, yeah, Kyle Walker getting into the England squad. But the only goalkeeper in the Champions League, right? This this fact pisses me off. I think we brought it up last week, but please repeat it. <laughs> the fact that Atlanta... He's, he's the only one to keep a clean sheet against yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. He played... About five minutes off. It's a good stat, though. Twelve minutes of that game. He did not deserve that clean sheet. Mate, they didn't even bother to shoot because they were like, "What's the point? What's the point? <laughs> we're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna get past him. Look at him." Thank you, as always, for joining us. Next week, we'll be heading back down Ranking Road to give you our top five Premier League goalkeepers since the year 2000. And I promise you, Kyle Walker will not be one of them. If uh, Feel free to give us a like, uh, drop us a like, give us a follow. Just get in touch with us on Twitter at Edge of the Box Pod, and we'll see you all next week. Cheers. Bye-bye.